2: This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort.
3: Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama. What a play! Now, here's your host,
4: Chris Plank. All right, let's go. It is a Saturday a week from today, Oklahoma kicks off the 2020 college football season against Missouri State. Oh, let's go. We got a big show for you today on the Sooner Sports Podcast. We're going to hear from Dr. Dale Bratzler of OU Medicine. Just uh, some some reminders as we prepare for our first college football game in Oklahoma on Saturday. Uh, tips for those that are going to be in the stands some reminders for those of you that are going to go watch at other places, and some keys to make sure that our capacity can continue to grow and we finish this college football season and continue it uninterrupted. We'll meet and get to know Obi Obi Obiallo. He had a meeting with the media on Thursday. We'll bring you that uninterrupted. And on this week's edition of Sound Off, we debated what we think is the most challenging game on the 2020 schedule, most challenging opponent for the Sooners this season. Sooner Sports Podcast today is brought to you by AT&T, America's Best Network. Academy Sports and Outdoors is the preferred sporting goods retailer of Oklahoma athletics. And Metroplex Electric, we can be your electrician. Caught up with Dr. Dale Bratzler from OU Medicine on Friday. And as we typically do, we eventually get to a conversation about the numbers but we wanted to start with reminders about how to handle yourself in the stands when you are at an OU football game or any sporting event.
5: Absolutely and I I had a chance to go down and visit the stadium again this week and go through their protocols to keep people safe. It's not going to be the same as people may remember for all games that they've gone to in the past. Just a couple of things that people need to remember when you arrive at the stadium. Uh, and you're coming to the gates. We're going to try to uh, make sure that there's social distancing, you know, even getting into the stadium. When you get inside of the stadium, uh, instead of packing into elevators, if you are happen to go up to some of the premium areas and other things, you may be asked to go take stairs if you're physically able to do so. Just again, so we can keep people physically separated. We don't want, you know, large groups, for example, packed into the elevators in that stadium um, when you get into the seating you you'll be assigned to family pods um, uh, they are physically separated uh, Larry Nife and I, the team and the architects done a great job of 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 arranging the seating so that people can enjoy the game um but you will be physically distanced uh, and you will be required to mask unless you happen to be eating or drinking something the other the other thing i would highlight is that they will be really working hard to make sure in the vending areas and other things that people maintain physical distancing in those areas and that you're wearing a mask when you're in those groups of people uh, that are are getting you know going to the vending areas
4: and Again, I know we're hammering back through something that you and I have talked about consistently. We all feel confident in the protocols that are in place for the team and the protocols that have been in place for these players, and it's been good whenever, you know, we look back on the Central Arkansas game two weeks,, well, I guess last week now, and they didn't have any positive tests afterwards. But you've said it throughout, Doc. your concern is, is with the people in the, in the stands and making sure they follow their protocols and maintain the responsibilities. That's where the major concern is right now, right?
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. Football team, you know, I think they're, they're very, very safe. They're, they're really doing a good job, um, particularly now that they're back in camp and in training. And, and uh, we, we've just seen very few positive tests since, since that little uh, short break that they got. Uh, They're wearing their mask. They're, they're very safe. um, And we're testing them, you know, game day, uh, the game week for, for the football team per big 12 rules is that we test the uh, student athletes three times three wow. times. So they'll they'll be tested the day before the game. So I'm not terribly concerned that we're going to be putting infected people down on the football play, uh, field. Uh, both teams will have been tested extensively. Uh, but it's in the stands where you got 23,000 or so people that are going to be there. Um, and I think here is where we talk about personal responsibility. We need the fans, you know, we're, we're doing everything we can to open up the stadium to make sure we can have in-person games and have that experience. But but it is going to depend to a certain extent on personal responsibility to, to wear your mask, to maintain that physical distancing. So we don't see an outbreak that happens because people went to a football game.
4: How's the numbers looking, Doc? Uh,
5: you know, in Oklahoma, we're up a little over 61,000 cases in the state now. Uh, we're seeing about 760 new cases per day in Oklahoma. So that number has actually gone up, which is a bit concerning. And about 11 percent of all the tests that we do in the state uh, are are still positive uh, across the entire state. I will highlight, though, there's one interesting shift that's happened in Oklahoma. The age group that is uh, made up the biggest proportion of the new cases in the state are the 15 to 24-year-old age group. So that age has moved down. Uh, That's school-age, college-age kids Uh, that are making up a good chunk of the new cases in the state. So that's something we've got to watch very, very carefully. The other, there's one good bit of news. We've seen a steady decline in total hospitalization rate in the state for the past week. That may actually reflect the change in the age group of the people that are testing positive because obviously young people are much less likely to get really sick to end up in a hospital Um, and certainly don't have severe complications nearly as often as as older adults.
4: Um, How is – okay, you had mentioned this a couple weeks ago that you're very confident in the setup in the classroom. Um, We're still virtual for a lot of schools. Norman just went back to in-person. How can the and, and I'm a I'm a parent of a high school kid who's still virtual in Tulsa, and then two students. My let's see, my youngest is six. My old my, my middle child is eleven, and they're in they're in class at Washington. What are some lessons that they can these administrators can learn in the grade schools and in the high school level? And it's hard because college campuses are so different. But what are some lessons they learn? Just spacing, mask wearing, are those the the biggest things we can preach for the in person learning that's going on right now?
5: Yeah, I think so. Spacing and mask wearing, obviously, I I tell all parents, I I don't care whether your school has a mandate or not, teach your kids how to wear a mask and don't let them get out of the house without wearing one to go to school. So that's really, really important. The other thing that that, uh, primary and secondary schools struggle with a bit more than I think uh, some universities is finding space big enough to have that physical separation. Uh, A lot of, you know, Primary schools, secondary schools don't have the, the, the big rooms like we had on the university. So we were able to take our courses and spread them out uh, into rooms that are really big so the students are far separated from each other in the classroom. That's a bit more difficult in some um, uh, primary schools and secondary schools, uh, avoiding things like having you know big crowds of students in the cafeteria. And of course, we've all seen the pictures of students packed in the hallway and things like that. That's, that's where transmission can occur. All right, Doc. And then a final thought, uh,
4: just we're playing football. And so far, so good. But, I mean, are we going to – I mean, there's never going to be a point where just masks are not worn this year, right? I mean, unless we get the – um, I keep wanting to say the anecdote, which is such a, a line that you would use from a hero movie or something of that nature. Yeah, there you go. Uh, But anyway, is this something that we're going to continue to live with through 2021 and, and maybe through a majority of the year? I mean, how do you see the cures coming along for this and where we might be in that process?
5: Well, so I'll separate prevention from treatment. Treatment's actually gotten better, and the death rate from the disease, even when you get really sick, is less uh, so that's good news there. But but prevention, how do we prevent this virus from spreading? Uh, until we get a vaccine, uh, the, the only thing that we have available are those public health interventions, physical distancing, wearing a mask, hand hygiene, and cleaning, disinfecting, things like that. Um, and I don't see those going away for a while. I just don't. Um, and let's pretend everything works perfect and we have a vaccine that starts to trickle out in October, November of this year. I, I, I'll be surprised, but, but it's, I guess it's possible if the FDA gives a vaccine emergency use authorization to start distributing a vaccine. The vaccine is going to be targeted at first. It won't be for the general public at first. It'll go to first responders, paramedics, firemen, um, doctors, nurses that work in emergency rooms. It'll it'll be there'll be a tiered approach. It'll be then probably um, uh, given to people who are in high risk categories. So, patients that have underlying disease like diabetes, heart disease, and things like that, where they're very vulnerable to the virus and they get much sicker when they get it. So it it just won't be broadly available. And that's why I think we're still going to be in a position of needing to do those public health interventions for some time to come.
4: Good stuff from Dr. Bratzler. Thanks to OU Medicine. They have been so good to make Dr. Bratzler available throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. He has given us fantastic information and is always kept us on the right path the Sooner sports podcast is presented by Kincaid coach lines proud sponsor of OU athletics during the COVID-19 outbreak we will keep our offices open however many of our representatives will be working remotely to best serve you and to comply with CDC guidelines please call 405-672-5100 for more information deposits for the 2020 Oklahoma men's and women's basketball season tickets are currently on sale Call or text 405-325-2424 for more information. Or lock in your seats today by visiting Soonersports.com. And the Sooner Sports podcast is brought to you by Chick-fil-A. Even in these uncertain times, your Oklahoma Chick-fil-A restaurants are here to serve you. Dining rooms are closed, but where possible, you can still order from the drive-thru, the Chick-fil-A app, or from DoorDash. All right, this was really cool. We had a chance to sit down, listen, and get to know Obi. Obi Obi-Alo did everything I could to kind of boost up the audio. Just kind of keep an ear on that volume, and I think you'll enjoy the newest addition to the Oklahoma Sooner Receiver Room.
6: Get right to the questions. We'll begin with Jason Kersey of The Athletic. and go to Ryan Haber.
2: Hi, Obi. Um, Thank you for your time today. Um, I'm sure transferring and getting to know a new team is hard even in normal times, but has that been harder in the COVID area, in the COVID era? Pardon me. And uh, I, I guess is, is it hard to learn new faces when everyone's wearing
7: masks? I mean, uh, to be honest, not really. Coach Riley and the whole staff, the whole team—they've done a real good job and just is bringing me in and just making me feel a part of the team. And I've really respected that and just felt like this is really like where I'm supposed to be and it's home. Thank you.
6: Do you wanna answer the question about identifying um, people in masks? Is that difficult for you, Obi?
7: Oh yeah, Uh, I mean, after the first week, I kind of got used to it, just used to people's, I guess you could say their eyes and just the way people uh, just move and stuff like that.
6: Thanks, Mike. Sure. Okay, we'll go to uh, Ryan Aber with the Oklahoman and then Eric Bailey.
8: Yeah, Obi, uh, I'm curious how you, Wound up at, at Oklahoma State out of high school, and and what's it like here a few years later, being on the other side of of Bedlam after starting your career there.
7: Uh, I actually uh I had walked on to uh, Oklahoma State. I had got hurt out of high school, and uh, lost all my offers and stuff like that. So uh, I took the opportunity to walk on to Oklahoma State, and then uh, just being on the other side, being at OU, uh, I've got to see the both sides of the spectrum. And uh I'm just I'm one of one actually. And uh I'm just I'm real uh, I feel blessed to be that one.
6: Okay, Eric Bailey with the Tulsa World and then Joe Bettner.
5: Hey Obi, uh two two part question. How much did your time in Huntington really mature you as a football player? And then also how did you decide in Oklahoma where there are a lot of schools you were considering
7: when he decided on Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, Marshall, it was a it's a unique place, special place. Uh, just going out there, being from Texas, being a city boy, uh, it was kind of uh, just different getting used to. But the people, the coaches, they all got me up to speed and stuff like that. And just kind of what you did just brought me along and just uh, I had fun up there and did what I, what I had to do. And then uh, what was the second question?
0: It was just, how did you decide on Oklahoma? Were there a lot of schools you were considering or was it always Oklahoma?
7: Oh yeah, it was a it was a, a, a few other places, but uh, OU came and uh, I saw the opportunity and I uh, just matched everything up, how close it was to home, the offense, Coach Riley and all that stuff. And uh, I just, I picked Oklahoma.
6: Thanks,
0: Obi.
6: We'll go to Joe Bettner with a Norman transcript and then John Hoover.
0: Hey, O.B., um, just curious, with the limited time that you've had with him, what's your quarterback-receiver relationship been like with Spencer Rattler?
7: Uh, it's, it's been good. We've been uh, just throwing over the summer and stuff like that, just getting our reps in practice and, and all that, and we're just ready to just put it on the field against a different opponent. Okay,
6: John Hoover with SI Sooners and then Caleb
8: McCory. Hey, uh, O.B., appreciate you doing this you said you got hurt in high school and lost your scholarship mm-hmm. offers yes sir can you describe that I mean I didn't think that was I think that's like the most underhanded thing I've heard in the recruiting aspect was, was that a surprise to you did they tell you that was coming or how did that all work out
7: uh, it was kind of it was kind of kind of a weird thing I mean you hear about it all the time with like high school people just getting hurt and then with me it was just the the coaches and stuff they all just I guess you could say just ghosted. As soon as I got hurt, but uh, I mean, everything happens for a reason, and uh, here I am. Yeah,
8: when you know your development, you you talked about Huntington earlier. Your development at Marshall, um, as a young guy transferring in from another school, another conference, another part of the country, as mm-hmm. a, as formerly a walk on. What was that experience like for you, and how much did you have to grow as a, as a receiver and as a football player? Uh,
7: I mean. I, I have high expectations on myself, so I just went in with my head down, just went to work, and uh, like I said, the coaches, my old receiver coach, he, he was a big step of the big step of the way. He got me up to speed, just uh, just got me where I needed to be, and I really appreciated that. What was his name? Uh, coach Dallas Baker.
8: Good, thanks.
7: Okay,
6: Caleb McCory with OU Daily, and then Bob Prisbylo be with the with you being a walk on at Oklahoma state um, can you kind of describe your uh, bedlam experience
0: in, in 2016
7: in Norman uh, it was it was a special it was a special experience uh, something I seen growing up on TV all the time uh, I, th- I believe it was kind of it was raining that game I think so it was it was a cold one uh, what I remember from it, I remember uh, D Didi on the sideline catching a pass, I think. And he, he made a defender miss and he, he took it to the to the house. That was a one one play I remembered distinctively from that uh from that game. Thanks. Okay,
6: Bob Frisbillo was Sooner Scoop
9: and then Kerry Murdoch. Obi when you uh, chose the Sooners, did you make a visit to Norman first or or no?
7: Yes, yeah, so i was a uh, I took an official, and uh after seeing the place, just talking to the coaches, I made my decision up here with my family to uh to come here. And,
9: and what was it about that visit? Like, did you know right at that moment that this was definitely the spot for you?
7: yeah uh my my uh, my, my people, my mom, my dad, they was all with me just experiencing it, and just I kind of looked at them and was like, "This is the place, and uh, I made that decision.
6: I'm going to hop to James here in case he's got to get back. James, do you have one before you have to get back to your show?
9: Yeah, I appreciate it, Mike. Thank you. Uh, Obi, you've got such unique size in the way that you play. I'm curious how many different roles will you have with OU? And we've heard about your special teams prowess, too. So, you know, you're going to be on the field a lot, it sounds like.
7: Uh, yes, sir. We'll, we'll see when it when it happens. I'm just I'm happy to uh, be here and just whatever they put me as, receiver, special teams, I'm going I'm to take that role and do the best I can.
9: Are you working outside, inside? Because you play both at Marshall.
7: Yeah, uh, I'm a both outside, inside. Thanks. That's right.
6: Okay, now go to Kerry Murdoch with Sooner Scoop and the Sports Animal, and then back to John Hoover.
9: Obie, I, I know Lincoln told us kind of about this, you know, stimulated game week that you guys are going through now. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us anything kind of what that's been like, uh, how much that's helped you, and is that also kind of, uh, I don't know, raised the spirits of guys? Because I know you guys have been through the ringer with everything, just mentally and emotionally, uh, just, just to let you guys know, like, the season's almost here. Is that, is that been a list for the team?
7: Yeah, uh I mean we've been at it since what July thirty first. So just coming into the mock game where you kinda you kinda feel it, the sense with uh all how the coaches are coaching, how the players are playing, you can finally see the, the game against Missouri State coming and it just gives everybody an extra boost that we're gonna be able to just play in front of the in front of the fans, uh, as you can see and uh just like I said, just gives everyone more of a of a boost.
9: What, what have you learned kind of about what a game week is like from this week? Maybe that you didn't know.
7: Um, I mean, it's kind of similar to what I'm used to. Just Tuesday practices, Wednesday practices, Thursdays and all that. But uh, I'm just excited. Excited to finally get to be able to play.
9: Appreciate that, L.D. No problem. Okay, back
6: to John Hoover with SI Sooners and then Brandon Drum.
8: Yeah, I've been asking guys today what their off-season training uh, situation was, how it was unique, things you had to, to change or adjust to. You know, you hear all kinds of stories of the way guys are training. In your specific case, you're switching schools, you're switching mm. conferences and all that, trying to learn a new way of doing things, and then all of a sudden the, the pandemic hits and, and shuts you down. What, what was that like for you? What was your training like, and, and what's it been like since you've been up back on the Oklahoma campus?
7: Um, for me, it wasn't, it wasn't too difficult because it's a lot of people from my area on the team, quarterbacks and stuff like that. So we had got, to, got together in the Dallas area and we were throwing three times a week. So that kind of helped me get up to speed with the plays, the people, and uh, just just getting to know the system and stuff like that.
8: Anything stand out to you about your you know, weight training or finding a place to run or anything like that? A lot of guys got interesting stories.
7: Uh, at first there was no gyms open, so I was just, it was just me and my my two little sisters. We were going up to the high school and just running the hills and stuff like that. I was just pretty much just doing anything I could to just, just stay up to shape and all that.
8: Interested. How old are your little sisters?
7: Uh, my I have one that's a freshman at UFH. That's Nicole. And my youngest one, she's a junior, Kimberly, in high school. Okay, thank you. Yeah.
6: It looks like our final question will be from Brandon Drum with OU
9: Insider. Hey, Obie, thanks for doing this. Can you kind of talk about the difference in atmosphere between Marshall and Oklahoma and then, I guess, your relationship with Coach Simmons? How has that progressed uh, since your arrival, and Coach Gundy, since your arrival at, a, at Oklahoma?
7: Uh, I mean, obviously, it's one smaller, bigger school. Uh but just like the, the atmosphere around OU, you can feel it every day, the, the championship atmosphere. Uh, you could just, it just make you, makes you want to get better and better each, each and every day. The people, the strength staff, the coaches, they all want to help you reach that, your goals and all that. And then, uh, uh, sorry, what was that second question? The
9: relationship you have, I guess, the growth um, with Coach Simmons and Coach Gundy since your arrival and Coach Riley, since your arrival
7: at uh, Oklahoma, uh, uh, it's it's been good from day one. Coach uh, Coach Gunny was the one that recruited me, uh, from through, throughout the whole process, and uh, he's been he's been a great coach and uh, a great dude. I could just call and just uh just beat her for me whenever I need him.
6: Okay, Obi, um, we do have one more question from Kerry Murdoch. We'll go back to him, Kerry.
9: Obi, I wanted to go back to you because you gave the air quotes when you said fans. Yeah. I mean, you've been in the stadium before. What is your expectation what a game day is going to be like with, you know, 25 versus 80,000?
7: To be honest, man, I, I have no clue. I'm just, I'm, like I said, I'm ready to see, see what happens. But at the end of the day, uh, it's football. So I'm going to just go out there, play hard. In my head, I'm going to see the fans. If I score, I'm going to do all that to the fans like they're in the stands. But, I mean, we'll see.
9: You, uh, they're selling cardboard cutouts Is that going to be a little weird To see cardboard cutouts in the
7: stands You said cardboard cutouts Yeah like in baseball what they're doing Oh wow I didn't know that So they're going to be like Like faces and stuff in the stands
9: Yes
7: wow, That's that's different <laughs> It's going to be funny actually Just looking and seeing if
9: you, if you score a touchdown you can throw a football
7: <laughs> I don't know about all that but Something similar Thanks so. Abby. Yeah no problem
4: I'm excited. I mean, you think about the path to get here from uh, having his scholarships basically va- evaporate before his eyes with an injury, walks on at Oklahoma State, gets noticed in Marshall, and now he gets to play at the University of Oklahoma. What a fit for Ob! Can't wait to see him on the field on Saturday. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented in part by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Oklahoma. Please check out bcbsok.com. For updates for Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Oklahoma, with regards to medical treatment, members should call the number on their ID card for answers to their specific benefit questions. Our members' well-being remains our top priority as we continue to monitor developing news about COVID-19. The Center, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention website, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention website is the best source all the most up-to-date COVID-19 information. And OG&E, we energize live. All right, this week's edition of Sound Off is looking at the opponents who we view as the toughest opponent on the 2020 schedule I get to host this week. It's a controversial decision. Check it out. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to the show that is sweeping through the Sooner Nation. It's Sooner Sound Off. And today, we're looking ahead to the 2020 Sooner football season as our debate Presented by Taco Mile, our debate topic is the toughest opponent on the 2020 schedule for Oklahoma Sooner Football. You know our esteemed panel, Toby Rowland, the voice of the Sooners, Sooner Sports TV storyteller and superstar Jessica Cootie, and the face of Sooner Sports TV, Chad McKee. What do you say we get after it? The countdown is nearing zero. Toby, who do you have as the toughest opponent on the schedule for the Sooners in 2020? Hey, second straight week, I'm batting leadoff. I'm the Craig Aiken of sound off guys I'll get on
10: base you (laughs) guys drive me home I'm gonna argue today that the toughest game on OU schedule this year is at Iowa State for OU you've got a red shirt freshman quarterback going on the road for the first time taking on an odd and stingy defense in Ames watch out who you got Jess
1: I mean, it's the Red River rivalry. Do I really need to say anything more? It's the most uh, heated rivalry, one of the most heated rivalries in all of college football. Tom Herman has revamped his coaching staff. He's brought in a new offensive coordinator, Known to light up a scoreboard, a new defensive coordinator, a national championship-winning defensive coordinator that has proven to be able to turn defenses around quickly. And then you throw in a veteran four-year starting quarterback. That's always scary. So got to go with Texas, the Red River Showdown, as the scariest matchup for Oklahoma this season. Chad.
2: Well, Chris, if I were to tell you that an upcoming Sooner opponent had two legitimate Heisman Trophy candidates, the front runner for both the Doak Walker Award and the Belitnikoff Award, plus 10 starters returning on defense, including two Butkus Award candidates, you would say, who in the world are the Sooners playing? Clemson? <laughs> Alabama? No, it's Oklahoma State. They are loaded with firepower on offense, plus... They were voted second to only the Sooners in the Big 12 preseason poll by the media. And who are we to doubt our esteemed colleagues in the media?
4: Chris, don't you do it. Don't do it now. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll keep an ear out for that one coming up in just a bit. Talented roster that Mike Gundy has. But an incredible run that has been put together over the last handful of seasons at Iowa State. Toby Rowland, you are our Lauren Chamberlain in the leadoff spot. Let's go talking about Iowa State. You think they're the toughest opponent for the Sooners. Take it away. I'm
10: not worthy. I'm not worthy. I don't have the power <laughs> of Lauren Chamberlain. That's for sure. The wording of the question here is very important, everyone. It is the toughest game on OU's schedule. It is not who is the biggest threat to win the Big 12 title. It is not who is the best team other than Oklahoma in the conference this year. It is what is the toughest game on OU's schedule. And for me, I think the answer to that is Iowa State. Let's start with this. Iowa State has absolutely given OU fits the last few years. Three years ago, they came into Norman... What were they, a 75-point underdog? And they (laughs) shocked the Sooners. Last year, have we forgotten already how that one finished on Owen Field? It came down to a two-point conversion. Two-point conversion try. Purdy back to pass. Looks left under pressure. Throws late. It is incomplete. Motley's got it. Motley's got it. It's either intercepted or it's incomplete either way it'll work the sooners have dodged a bullet again the sooners were fortunate to escape that one in fact every meeting between these two teams in the matt campbell era has been a tight one add to that this guy brock purdy is back for the cyclones this season the leading returning passer in the big 12. he threw for over 300 yards per game a year ago through his first two seasons at iowa state Purdy has already racked up 21 school records. He's experienced. He's mature. He's poised. He's one of the best quarterbacks in this conference or any likely top two round pick potential first round pick in next year's NFL draft. He's a problem. And he's got Brees Hall back at tailback after a breakout freshman season. Plus, Purdy might have the best group of tight ends in America in Charlie Kolar, Chase Allen, and Dylan Saner. But it's the other side of the ball that I think makes this the toughest game on OU's schedule this year. Remember, this is game three of the season. The first road game for a brand-new redshirt quarterback at OU, and he'll be looking at a veteran, talented, and unique defense from the Cyclones. John Haycock has done a tremendous job as defensive coordinator in Ames. They play an odd look where they'll often drop eight, nine, sometimes 10 guys into coverage, they have messed with the minds of some much more experienced quarterbacks at OU. This will be a real test for young Mr. Rattler. And they have nine starters back on that side of the ball and some big time players among them. Defensive end Jaquan Bailey, Teddy Lehman loves the Mike Rose kid at linebacker. Greg Eisworth is a two-time Big 12 guy who wrecks things on the back end. Senior free safety Lawrence White, talented as well. Here's the other thing. Road games aren't going to be the same this year. Normally, I would say that's a good thing because OU is the road team in this one. But I'm not sure that's the case in the Lincoln-Riley era. No team in America has fed off opposing crowds better than Oklahoma in recent years they have won 24 of their last 25 road games they love going into somebody else's house and ruining their day they love being the villain but there might not be any crowd at all for this one on top of that a new QB with a ton of new inexperienced weapons around him facing off against a defense that has repeatedly given them fits danger danger Major early hurdle for Spencer Rattler, Lincoln Riley, and the Oklahoma Sooners in Ames, Iowa on October 3rd at Iowa State.
4: Chris? 1922 to 1927 was the last stretch when Iowa State had had three or more wins in more than three seasons. They're trying to make it a fourth season for the first time in almost 100 years. Look out. They're on a nice roll. I love it. Iowa State first up. Let's see. What Jessica has to say about a unique trip to Dallas this year as we look at the toughest opponents on the schedule for the Sooners in 2020 on this edition of Sound, Stick around.
3: Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Medicine, Anheuser-Busch, and OU Extended Campus, and our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Coca-Cola, and OU Medicine.
4: Welcome back to Sooner Off. We're debating the toughest opponents on the 2020 schedule for the Sooners. Toby Rowland goes with Iowa State. Jessica Cootie is hitting I-35 South. We're going to Dallas. Tell me about the horns, Jess.
1: Hey, listen, these two guys made their picks at like 4.30 in the morning, and your girl was <laughs> sleeping. So I woke up to Texas falling right into my lap. And why is this a dangerous matchup for Oklahoma? Because it's the Red River rivalry, one of the greatest rivalries in all of college sports and you hear it every single year. No matter the narrative of where these teams are going into this season, the thing you hear from coaches every single season is that rivalry games, are scary because you never know what can happen in these types of emotional matchups. The Longhorns are coming off an 8 and 5 season. Heat turned up a little bit on Tom Herman, but the Texas head coach has said that with what they've coming back have what they have coming back and the way that they've recruited over the last 3 years, he said, "Quote, we figured 2020 might be a season where things could come together for us. In quote, we shall see. And he brought in seven, yes, seven new assistants, including both coordinators. We start with defensive coordinator Chris Ash. He's recently, the head coach at Rutgers, but he does have national cha- a national championship as a defensive coordinator with Ohio State in 2014. The Buckeyes made a big turnaround defensively under Ash in his first season. And by year number two in 2015, they were second in the nation in scoring defense and ninth in the country in total defense. And of course, Ash and Herman familiar with one another having coached together on that national championship team. As for the offensive coordinator, a name that will sound familiar, Mike Yursich at 2019 serving as the passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Ohio State prior to that six seasons as the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma State where he went five and one against the Longhorns. By the way, the Cowboys averaged 38 points per game and nearly 480 yards per game throughout his six seasons in Stillwater. No question Yursich has overseen some Im- explosive offenses over the last several years. And so far, his quarterback is loving running his offense.
6: Um, I think that we we have a chance to be extremely elite. And um, with all the talent that we have, getting those guys in space, going fast, and oh, I love it. Uh, the attention to detail, um, the concepts are really, really good. Um, Really, everything about it—it's—it's it's been really good. I'm really excited for um, to continue to develop, and then also to, to be able to play in his offense.
1: And a huge advantage in these big matchups is having a veteran quarterback. And lucky for the Longhorns, Sam Ellinger enters season number 35 as the Texas starting <laughs> quarterback. Just kidding, but uh, finally, <laughs> Sam Ellinger is a senior. He's played in 36 games with 33 starts. <laughs> preseason watch list for the maxwell davy o'brien the werfel trophies on heisman watch list on the preseason all big 12 team last season accumulating 4,325 yards total yards second most in program history one in three against oklahoma and he's been in some tight battles in the cotton bowl the last three seasons a total of just 15 points separated the winning and losing teams so he's battle set he's battle tested and taken nearly 300 snaps against Oklahoma compared to Spencer Rattler, who has taken a total number of zero snaps against Texas. So, and when Tom Herman was talking about his veteran quarterback, he said he's even better going into 2020.
6: I, I, I do think Sam is one of uh, the, you know, players in the country. He really do. And when you played at
2: the level that he's played for so long, you know, human nature is to get maybe a bit complacent. And and this guy's got none of that in him. But I think this year I, I've noticed a, a, a bigger jump from his off-platform throws. I, I think he's getting the ball out quicker from a lot of different arm angles. So uh, the, the guy's constantly working. He's never satisfied.
1: And Chris Ash, the new defensive coordinator, has lots of experience to work with as the Longhorns return 10 starters from the team's Alamo Bowl winning team over Utah, including three preseason all Big 12 selections and some NFL prospects at that. Junior safety Caden Stearns was banged up in 2019, but he's been projected as a potential first-rounder at quarterback. He got Deshaun Jamison, made some big plays as a sophomore, and now junior linebacker Joseph Osai. He led the Longhorns with 90 tackles, 13 and a half tackles for loss, five sacks, two interceptions, and a force fumble force fumble. And he is also a projected first or second rounder. And finally, what makes this matchup scary and a little bit of a different challenge this season? is that you hear every year about the atmosphere, the 50-50 split, how on one side you got them booing, the other side you got them cheering for you, how you just have to walk down the tunnel. Nothing needs to be said. So it will be a unique wrench being thrown into this this year, having to prepare for an atmosphere that is not quite like it normally is down there in Dallas playing.
4: It's going to be fun, Jess, and don't forget they've got as deep of a backfield as Texas has had with freshman Bijan Robinson. Should be a fun matchup. All right. We've got one more opponent to look at, and Chad McKee is debating one of the most talented rosters that Mike Gundy has ever had. Sound off! focuses on the Pokes next.
3: Air Comfort Solutions, your total home solution for plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. Make the winning call today. Taco Mayo, fresh ingredients built to order. The Trails Golf Club, Norman's club of choice. Kincaid Coach, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics.
4: Welcome back to Sound Off, presented by OU Extended Campus. All right, so you heard Toby make the case for Iowa State in Ames in week three. You heard Jess make the case for Texas. Still in Dallas in week four, Chad McKee is focusing on Chuba Spencer and the boys in Stillwater. Tell me why mm-hmm. Oklahoma State is the most challenging opponent on Oklahoma's schedule, Chad.
2: You can you can keep naming the stars. This, quite honestly, Chris, is an argument that I can only mess up. But I've done that before. <laughs> the simple reason is give it a shot. <laughs> Talent wins games, no matter where or when they are played. And Oklahoma State is absolutely loaded with firepower on the offensive side of the ball. They have two legitimate Heisman Trophy candidates in Chuba Hubbard and Tylen Wallace, the most explosive 1-2 running back wide receiver combination in the country. And quarterback Spencer Sanders is back with a full season under his belt. Defensively, they have experience. 10 of 11 starters return on that side of the ball, including a pair of linebackers who were second team all Big 12 a season ago and our preseason Butkus Award watch list guys. And the third reason is they have staff continuity. Of Mike Gundy's assistant coaches, only one of them has been on the staff for less than a year. And when the Cowboys lost offensive coordinator Sean Gleason in the offseason, they quickly elevated longtime wide receivers coach Casey Dunn to that position. In this year of strife and difficulty, having staff continuity is important to hammering home the things you want your program to do. But let's start on the offensive side of the ball, where Oklahoma State may be the most explosive team in the country going in. The dynamic duo that they have in running back Chuba Hubbard and wide receiver Tylan Wallace provide, oh, a duo that you, you tell me how you're going to slow these guys down. They could win the Doak Walker and Belitnikoff Awards on the same offense this season. Let's start with Hubbard, who could have turned pro, likely would have been a first or second round pick. He ran for over 2,000 yards and 21 touchdowns a season ago. The best season by a Cowboy since. <gasps> Gasp! Barry Sanders? Are we <gasps> mentioning that name? Sanders riddled opposing defenses in 1988. Hubbard did it a season ago. He was the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year and a unanimous All-American. I think some nationally have forgotten a bit about Tylen Wallace, the wide receiver. All-American in 2018, a season in which he was runner-up to Alabama's Jerry Judy in the Bolitnikoff Award voting. That season, he had 86 catches, nearly 1,500 yards, and 12 touchdowns. A season ago, Wallace suffered an ACL tear and missed the Cowboys' final five games. Yeah, he missed nearly half the season and still had over 900 yards and eight touchdowns. You could... YOU COULD MAKE THE ARGUMENT THAT HAD HE STAYED HEALTHY, HE WOULD HAVE WON THE BALITNAKOP AWARD. AND HIS RUNNING MATE, DYLAN STONER, HAS THREE SEASONS OF AT LEAST 40 CATCHES. BUT MORE THAN JUST THE TWO STARTS, THE COWBOYS HAVE TALENT AND EXPERIENCE IN OTHER PLACES ON OFFENSE. QUARTERBACK SPENCER SANDERS WAS THE OFFENSE'S FRESHMAN OF THE YEAR BY BIG 12 COACHES LAST SEASON. HE COMPLETED 63% OF HIS PASSES AND MISSED THE LAST THREE GAMES WITH A BROKEN THUMB. REMEMBER, HE DIDN'T PLAY THE BEDLAM GAME AGAINST THE SOONERS A YEAR AGO. IT WAS DREW BROWN. If Sanders can turn off the turnover machine, he could be one of the three best quarterbacks in the Big 12. He should be protected as the offensive line returns five players with starting experience, and they've added a transfer in Josh Sills, who was second team all Big 12 a season ago at West Virginia. But maybe the biggest reason for optimism for Oklahoma State fans is, as loaded as the offense is, the defense is experienced. Maybe the most experienced since Oklahoma State won their lone Big 12 title in 2011. Ten starters return on the defensive side, including a pair of all Big 12 guys. Now, the defensive line is good with Trace Ford. He had a sack in last year's Bedlam game. But it's those linebackers who are the strength. Linebacker Malcolm Rodriguez had 103 tackles a season ago. And then the havoc wreaker over there is Amen Ogban bamiga He had 100 tackles last season, but also harassed opposing offenses for 15 and a half tackles for loss and five sacks. Both these linebackers finished top five in the Big 12 in tackles a season ago. Both are on the preseason watch list of 50 for the Butkus Award. And it's a very experienced secondary that returns four starters, headlined by Kobe Harvell Peel, who had five interceptions and 13 passes broken up a season ago. This game will be played in Norman, a snake pit for Oklahoma State over the years, but at 25% capacity, so the Cowboys get a break in having to play this game against the Sooners in Norman in 2020. You do not want to get into a shootout with Oklahoma State, and that's been the case for many, many years. Mike Gundy's offenses have been explosive and talent stocked. This year is no different, but for the first time in many years, it appears they have the experience to play with teams in low-scoring games. And that makes Oklahoma State, November 21st in Norman, the toughest game on the Sooners' schedule, Chris.
4: I like it, Chad, because you addressed what was going to be one of my concerns, which is, hey, they've got to come to Norman. But let's remember, 25% capacity. And yes, while Sean Gleason is gone, they elevate Casey Dunn, and Jim Knowles has done an incredible job with that defense. It's decision time next. Which way will we go? Find out here on SoundOff.
3: The Sooner Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. New episodes drop every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Log on to SoonerSports.tv slash podcast to listen to old shows and subscribe to always get the newest ones. Log on to SoonerSports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OGD. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics exclusively. Sooner fans, be sure to check out SoonerSports.com for your chance to win Red River Showdown football tickets from Love's Travel Stops, Riverwind, and Homeland. Sooner Sports TV personalities wardrobe is provided by Mizzen and Main on Class and Curve and Blush on Campus Corner. Hair and makeup provided by Clementine Hair Lounge.
4: Final segment time, closing argument time, decision time here on Sooner Sound Off. We're talking about the most challenging, the toughest opponent on the 2020 schedule for Oklahoma Sooner football. Our closing arguments are presented by Kincaid Coach. Toby, some final thoughts on Iowa State.
10: It's about where this game falls on the schedule as much as it is about the opponent for me. By the time Oklahoma sees Texas and certainly Oklahoma State late in the season, I think Lincoln Riley will have his new quarterback and his new look offense humming in high gear. But Iowa State is game three, and it's the first road test for Spencer Rattler, the redshirt freshman quarterback, with no crowd in the stands, probably, and no ambiance at all. The Cyclones have Brock Purdy back at quarterback, the leading returning passer in the Big 12 and they've got stars all over a defense that returns nine starters like Jaquan Bailey, Mike Rose, and Greg Eisworth. October 3rd in Ames. Iowa State, guys, is the toughest game on OU's schedule this year. Jess?
1: Listen, it's weird to me that we're sitting here on Sooner Sound Off and in trying to win a debate, I'm having to sell Texas. But I think it's just a game that... Every single year you go into, it doesn't matter. Like I said, the narrative that it, it's, it's a scary matchup because of the emotion and the history behind one of the greatest rivalries in all of college sports. I think every year you go in thinking, oh, it's going to be an offensive shootout. And then it turns into be a defensive struggle or vice versa. So you just, you can't really project what's going to happen. And then you throw in that you got a brand new quarterback, as we've talked a lot about, against a veteran quarterback in Sam Ellinger, who's one of the best quarterbacks not only in the conference, but in the country. And then the uncertainty of, of preparing for two new coordinators, both offensively and defensively, both proven coordinators, both uh, Chris Ash at Ohio State, who won a national championship with the Buckeyes, and then Mike Yersich, who lit up the scoreboard with the Cowboys over six seasons before going to Ohio State. So I think all of this going into it, you throw in the rivalry, and then all of these other storylines, this is gonna be the toughest matchup for Oklahoma going into 2020. Chad?
2: Well, Chris, ordinarily games away from the Palace on the Prairie are the most difficult, but going on the road this year is completely different, as we are already starting to learn. And that will be the case for Oklahoma State when they come to Norman on November the 21st. The Palace on the Prairie will be approximately 25% full, as we believe to be the case. And the simple reason that Oklahoma State is the toughest game on the schedule is talent wins games and talent eventually wins championships. It's no secret the Bedlam series has been dominated by the Sooners over the years. They've won 15 of the last 17 games in the series, including five games in a row. But if we've learned anything over the last six months, it's that 2020 is unlike any year in history. Unprecedented. Yeah, history can be difficult to overcome, but I don't know that we've seen history like this. Maybe that works into Oklahoma State's favor, but more than anything, Heisman candidates will work in their favor. Running back Chuba Hubbard and wide receiver Tylen Wallace, as well as a pair of Butkus Award candidates on the defensive side, where they have 10 returning starters, will make Mike Gundy and the Cowboys the toughest game on the Sooner schedule in 2020. And I have a good feeling they're going to appear twice on the sooner
4: schedule before 2020 is all said and done, Chris. Yeah, I don't disagree with you on that community coffee decision time, Chad. And I think Toby made a very significant disclaimer. This is about the toughest opponent. Not who we think is the biggest threat to the Big 12 run of five straight Big 12 championships. The toughest opponent in 2020. And Chad, while I agree, 25% right now, who knows what that might look like on November 21st. Could be zero. That number could tick up a little bit. Toby, I told you guys before we started, if I was picking in this, I probably would have looked at Ames, Iowa, and Iowa State in that matchup. Or maybe Texas Tech on Halloween on October 31st but you can't go against a returning starter who's been there for 37 years like Sam Ellinger <laughs> has been at the University of Texas. Yes, there's a new okay. defensive coordinator. Sorry, Toby. Oh, Toby got the new hat. Let's go. Uh, yes, there's a new defensive <laughs> coordinator in Chris Ash. Yes, there's a new offensive coordinator in Mike Yursich, But as it typically is, I think – with the young group of running backs, including D. John Robinson, the five-star out of Arizona, with a talented defense, I'm going to Yeah, take yeah. Texas. That's enough about Texas, now, we know. With that in mind, Toby and Where's I have crowd? more on the opponents of the 2020 schedule. Our 2020 preview show is live on Fox Sports Oklahoma tomorrow night, and you can download it right now on the podcast at Soonersports.com slash podcast. We'll see you next week. Boomer Sooner, everybody. Have a great weekend. All right, here's What's On Tap, presented by Othello's, available via carryout. Orders can be placed by calling 405-701-4900 or delivery through one of our three delivery partners, DoorDash, Postmates, or Grubhub. Now, uh, j- just real quick, the classic broadcast wrap-up today will be dropping the Big 12 championship game. And if you if you want, and, and to really make a day of it or an event of it, I'm going to go ahead and post on Twitter at OU on the air, the post game show, which is already on the podcast platform in our archives. But I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you, because the reaction to the classic broadcast has been incredible. We've set numbers that we never thought were attainable during the summer on this platform. In fact, August was the largest month we've ever had for downloads. Even going back, it topped last October. So thank you. Uh, it's really been cool for me. I've learned a lot. I hope I've become a better sideline reporter in listening to it. And there it, it, there's moments in these where there's things you forget. And then there's moments that take you back to exactly where you were when that happened. I mean, today, today is OU Baylor in the Big 12 championship game. And I'll never forget just being on that sideline and... Seeing the never-quit attitude of this team, the emotion of Buki whenever he was unable to continue, the, the battle that Kenneth Murray went through to try to get back in that game whenever he was dinged up, to watch the leadership of Jalen Hurts to try to keep guys rolling, and the excitement of Ramondre Stevenson uh, as he had a big game. So it's a really fun broadcast. Thank you to everyone who who downloaded and listened. I mean, it was just, it was awesome. It was an awesome experience for me. Got to listen to a lot of games, like the 0-1 OU Texas game, yeah. You see the Roy Williams, Teddy Lehman highlight, but yet, do you really get to hear the analogy? You always hear Brent Musburger's call. You ever hear Bob Berry Jr.'s with Merv Johnson basically calling it? I mean, it's just, it's incredible, and it gets you right in the feel. So thank you. Check out our final classic broadcast today. It's kind of our way of kicking off the 2020 season with the final win from 2019, the Big 12 championship game. And speaking of what's on tap, here's what the schedule is going to look like next week, because... Lincoln Riley Presser will be on Tuesday, but on Monday, a very special day, we're going to release position previews led by assistant coaches. So Matt Archibald, Jessica Cootie, and myself had a chance to catch up with the Sooner assistants, and we will preview every position over the first two days of the week. So you've got that going for you. Then on Tuesday will be uh, Toby and I live on Wednesday and the press conference recap. And then on Wednesday, we'll have the Lincoln Riley Coaches Show from Rudy's. Thursday is going to be the Huddle Rewinded. Plus, also on Thursday, we're going to get a chance to really dive into Alex Grinch. Jessica Cootie has an interview and a feature coming out that is nails. And then on Friday, the Coaches Corner, the assistant coaches show to get you ready for kickoff. And then Saturday, Saturday's game day, y'all. Saturday is game day, Oklahoma and Missouri State. One of the, and that's What's on Tap presented by Othello's Restaurant. And I wanted to add one more thing before we get out of here. Also, we will have a special Labor Day edition of the show, as we mentioned, with the uh, position previews. But there is a ton of information online right now at Soonersports.com. I know I promote it and talk about it quite a bit. But if you're going to the game, you definitely need to give that a read so you know about – the digital parking passes now, your digital tickets, how you can turn cash into a card, and the new rules that are going to be in place. They're, uh, they're trying to limit the amount of people in elevators. They're trying to make sure that you, know, you wear a mask while you're there. Check it out, Soonersports.com. It's, it's an incredible resource to get ready for game day, which, by the way, when we come back on Monday, it's game week. Enjoy the classic broadcast today. We'll talk to you on Monday. Until then, have a great holiday weekend and boomer sooner, everybody.